0: Hello everybody and welcome to Podcrash The original podcast by the members of the band Mo This is episode number 8 On this episode we interview our dear friend and guitar player Mr. Al Schneer We ask the real questions this time And be prepared because Rob's gonna get just a little bit deep I hope y'all enjoy
1: Rob Durhack from Mo. I'm here with Al Schneer. Say something, Al.
2: Oh, do I say something now? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Chuck Garvey. Hello. Videomico. Yo. And Jim Lachlan. What's happening? So this is Mo's Pod Crash, episode eight welcome and thank you and uh, thanks for playing along al well thank you for having me on the show today <laughs> today it is uh i'm thrilled to be here yeah so today's subject is going to be well topic will be al and subject we're going to interview al and ask him a bunch of questions mostly interview but not a bunch of questions but I mean, you know what i think a bunch of questions in and interview is all the same thing usually you're off know. to a great start <laughs> yeah this, this is horrible I, this is completely horrible I, I went i went on a long hike right before this and i'm just a little brain dead so anyhow welcome al to the podcast that you're present for every single week how you doing i'm doing well how are you feeling
3: <laughs> drink
1: <laughs>
2: I'm, I'm feeling pretty good i'm looking forward to to some upcoming shows with with you guys and you know all all in all things things are pretty good you know I, I keep thinking about the end of summer you know as, here, yeah. as,
3: we're we're getting
2: there we're definitely
3: the getting there dog days dog days of summer almost done that's the end the dog days are the end i think so i don't know (laughs) it's not like the the 15th of march or anything but it's kind of (laughs) like i didn't know if it
0: was (laughs) i always thought it was the hottest days like that stretch in the like july
1: august right yeah dog days of summer could be february if you're in patagonia right but yeah
2: This seems more like the the seventh inning stretch of summer. We're getting near the end. Right. And my back is a little sore. (laughs) (laughs) Dog days of summer last from... Shit, I lost it. July 3rd to August 11th. Yeah. Oh, really? My birthday is
3: the last day of the dog days of summer.
2: It's And it's not from dogs' tendency to laze around in the heat, even though it tends to be that period, but it has to do with, with the stars, with the,
1: the dog stars. Uh, that makes period. more sense. Hey, like, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to begin the line of questioning here. <laughs> I just did a, uh, lebs age wiki check on Al Schneer. So I'm just going to go through, I think we need to fill in a few of these blanks. All right, I'll do my best. Okay, here we go. Al Schneer was born on January 9th, 1968 in Oneida County, New York. Is that true? Partially. I was born in Syracuse, New York, which is Onondaga County. So it's not true.
2: It is not true. I was I was born on January 9th, 1968. And I have that I share birthdays with Jimmy Page and Dave Matthews and I believe Joan Baez. Dang. And also Richard Nixon. Ah mm-hmm.
1: that is yeah. super impressive. Nice job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Way to go. Go. So here it says popular as, and then it says not applicable.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think that is true.
1: Okay. <laughs> then it says occupation, non-applicable. Star hmm. of pog how, cr- crash. I <laughs> feel like you do have an occupation. I, I, I do. I have multiple. If you were to fill it in, how, if, if, if you had to fill in what your occupation was, if you're filling out, I don't know, some sort of, I don't know, sometimes you have to write an application for loans, for instance. What would you write in there? Musician. Musician?
2: Musician, I, yeah. I, I would think, yeah, not, yeah, I would, I would say, I would say that's my primary occupation is as a musician. Yeah, you know, some sometimes you get entertainer, right?
1: Um, but Showman. I would say, I would say shredder. So this must be <laughs> this must. This is from twenty twenty one, so it has your age at fifty three. But since you're born in. January 68 you're 54. I am 54, so is which is crazy. And that by some standards
2: next year I will be a senior. Wow. You
0: can
3: get your AARP card. So you're going to you graduate. You
0: get that already. Yeah,
2: I could graduate next
0: year. You could play from the forward team. What's
1: after what's after senior for life, <laughs> death? What's the next category? Super after senior? Yeah. Super golden senior. years. Mm. I don't know.
3: What's on the other side of like toddler? <laughs> the other side of toddler? Adolescent. Yeah, uh,
1: like an alternate
3: universe. You mean? No, just like the. You mean The infant? Upside down? That way? Child? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Sorry. Well, it was hard
1: to understand your thinking before all this happened. You know? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, mean, I couldn't.
3: I couldn't flesh out the whole sentence, but I'm going to work on it. Get back to
1: me later, (laughs) please. Write that one down. I don't want to dominate this whole questioning thing, but you're a United States national, correct? Uh, I am. (laughs) The first street I lived on
2: was Brinkerhoff Avenue.
1: No kidding. And like, uh, what's your mother's maiden name? Childs. What's your weight? Currently? Really? Yeah. That's (laughs) Um, the next thing in this (laughs) list of crap. 157 pounds. Good for you. I don't know. This next one says body measurements. What does that mean? Like how big your breasts are? (laughs) I have a 32 inch waist. So you're like a 29... 30, 32? i have a 29
2: chest. <laughs> yes. It caves, it caves in a
1: little bit. <laughs> right. It's inverted. Eye color? Blue. Hair color? Blue. <laughs> Can I just end this right now? Is this ridiculous? Okay, so it comes down to your net worth. I'm going to skip half of this because this this is like just dragging on. Net worth in 2021. One million to five million dollars. Is that true? Really? I am, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I have some real questions about that.
2: Yeah, me too. <laughs> and 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 where where do I cash in on that? I want to see your taxes, man.
1: There's I don't reason know. we all haven't had a raise in years. Okay, so here's this is where it, it it's your timeline here starts out and oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. Oh my gosh, this how is long going right? backwards in time? Yeah.
0: Maybe I think that's like what Chuck as you're was looking about. at it, it's going backwards in time.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Like a Benjamin Al, Button so thing. So it <laughs> starts with like 2005, I think, and goes back to 1968. And it looks like it never once mentions that you play guitar in Mo, hmm. but it does mention other things.
2: Chuck, did you make this thing by any chance? <laughs> yeah,
3: probably. <laughs> oh, no, here it is. Alvin yes. born January
1: 9th, 1968, is a musician most noted for being one of two guitars for the American jam band Mo. Schneer was born on January 9th, 1968 in Utica, New York. Uh, true, right? Syracuse. All right. He attended New Hartford Central High School in Oneida County, New York. That is correct. Before going to college at State University of New York at Oneonta, SUNY. Also correct. In 1990, he graduated from SUNY with a Bachelor of Arts in Philosophy and a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Graphic Arts. Also correct. Should I go through this? This is interesting, actually. I'm sure it's, it's interesting. Schneer wrote his first original piece of music. And you know what? Tell me about your first original piece of music written in 1978.
2: Oh, my God. What was the first thing that I wrote in 1978? I would have been 10 years old. Okay, uh, would have be,
1: it, it seems like you put an album out called Al One. In 1978?
2: No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> yes, I did. It predated
1: the the synthesizer as we know it (laughs) as found in his website schneer wrote his first original piece of music in 1978 of which a part would later appear on his solo musical release l1 Ah, i see band was in 1982 during eighth grade and was named what was your first band name
2: well i'm not sure what the first name was we had uh, reactor was one of the names nice cut and loose, oh, cut, nice. And loose. Yeah, you have cut and loose yeah reactor was the other name that we went by and i can't remember which one came first
1: does it count if you only had two gigs what do you mean you don't with the band a Band, if you only played two shows
2: oh i don't know i think so
1: this goes on and on so my, my real question for you is what gives you the chills oh you oh what non-sexual thing gives you the chills oh well oh that's that's different
2: um, I mean, certainly music does, and there there are different songs that will do it, there are different moments in music that will do it, and it's not always the same ones all of the time. So there's that, and it's something that, that I love about music.
1: Do you recall the first time that you got that?
2: Oh. Hmm. I don't really. Do you?
1: Me? Well, yeah. this is not in my interview, but I mean, uh, yes, I do. Okay, it was it was confusing to me. It was the first time I heard it was music. Uh, the chills went right up my neck, the back of my neck, and it was when I heard "Locomotive Breath" by Jethro Tull. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I could see that. It, it was non-drug or sex-related, and it was just like one of those. It's like that "fuck yeah" moment. You know, and, right,
2: um, right, and 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 I kind of had a, a similar similar response. Like the first time I heard Twenty One Twelve was like that, and I couldn't believe it. And it just has that same kind of power to it. Yeah, and it's so dramatic. And we it's- are the priests of the temples yeah. of Sirius. <laughs> <laughs> i think that happened to me during that one too it's so good it happens to me every time I it's listen so good. to that record well and this is what i'm saying you know and and like and again like i could go like through rush's catalog but like their song spirit of radio does that to me like there's something about that song where it's like it's just such a such a great anthem that it does it born to run i Freaking love that song. There, are my, I, you know what? It, I, I will tell you the uh, the sax solo at the end of Thunder Road is like one of my favorite things. It is so good, and it gives me chills every time I hear it. Why are you shaking your head, Vinny?
1: Because Rob's got a little finger thing on his toe. Oh. <laughs> He's giving you the finger with his foot. Oh. Or me. He's giving someone the finger with He's
0: his foot. He's giving everyone the finger <laughs> constantly.
2: <laughs>
1: so it's distract. no coincidence that Cutting Loose, I, I believe, I remember you telling me they were a Rush cover band, maybe?
2: Yeah, so this was with with my buddy Mark Kachi and and his brother, his brother uh, Mike who played drums and we we played almost exclusively Neil Young songs, which is why the band was called Reactor at one point. It was it was Neil Young and and Rush because I think that was primarily in our vocal range and our garage rock sort of ability at the time. You know, and we could just...
1: Rush in your vocal range.
3: Eighth grade pre voice change, right?
1: Yeah, because <laughs> and that's where our voices were,
2: you know, at that point, 12 <laughs> like year old boys. And so, I'm like, you know, how it was in the musical ability. I remember, well, because cause we played, like, Working Man, and, you know, we could play, like, the, the front parts of, like, different things, like, like, we could fake our way through La Villa, but, like, we couldn't, couldn't play <laughs> anything hard, you know, so we, and again, we were just playing power chords. Nobody could play any of the complex stuff, so it was just two guitars playing power chords and a drummer. <laughs> you see, nobody was playing anything intricate. <laughs> that was the thing. The Rush bands you know, just, in high
0: school were always the god bands. Like, like they can, they could do. They know Lavilla from beginning to end. They could play the whole right. thing. Those were like the god tier high school bands
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. they're still doing it today
2: <laughs> and we, we like we made up a medley of Rush tunes <laughs> that we played at a battle of the bands that it was kind of all the easy parts of like three Rush songs <laughs> and so we hit like all of like you know just just the recognizable like power chords and stuff just to go through I think we played an inch like it was we played working man without when I mean, we didn't sing at this point because we were still too too scared to sing Thanks. especially in front of our classmates we played <laughs> Played Working Man, part of 2112, and then I think Tom Sawyer, but didn't sing or wasn't Tom Sawyer. man. I think it was Temple's Hearings, and we were just doing all of it, just going down, down, down,
0: down, 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 The Rush 4/4 medley. <up the laughs>
2: yeah. What
3: was what was the next band after those two?
2: So the next band I wound up playing in a band with, with Steve Fletcher and a bunch of the older kids. And Uh-oh. this was like, all yeah. All <laughs> the older kids who were, and this was great because now is in maybe like eighth, Going into ninth grade, and I started hanging out with all of like the juniors and seniors, and we were playing Dead songs and Steppenwolf and Creedence and like all this kind of classic rock stuff. It was all like hippie rock music, and I remember hanging out in Fletch's bedroom that was maybe like an eight by ten bedroom with with a double bed in it and an entire band in there on a school night, like smoking weed and and rehearsing in his bedroom. and playing Ripple like (laughs) five times in a row (laughs) (laughs) what was wait what was the
3: name of the band though
2: oh it was called like mother mccree it was sort of like it was mother mccree's uptown Ju- it was something it was something <laughs> like the name of jerry's <laughs> first band his jug band It was mother mccree's <sighs> uptown jug band or something like that i remember we used to play this song it was a dr hook in the medicine show song called freaking it the freakers ball or something like that Ball. the freakers ball. Freakin nice. a- ball right yeah and it was just one of the songs that we used to play and i was in like eighth grade with all of like the hairy freaks, all of the heads, you know, (laughs) I was definitely hanging out with older kids and they were a bad influence on me.
1: How has that influence shaped your present life? It forever altered the path that I was on because
2: I wanted to be like those kids. I thought, I mean, not only were they like these cool kids that I looked up to, you know, it was sort of like in some way, like, you know, having that that moment, like, whether it was like the kid in Almost Famous or, you know, where you, you got to, you got this window into sort of hanging out with like this older peer group, you know, I'm just thinking, you know, of like those situations, but it was this influence on me, like, you know, know, I definitely wanted to hang out with more people like that. And they also were hanging out with like their older brothers and older siblings. So at one point, like here I am and I'm like maybe 14 or 15 and hanging out with like 18 to 21 year olds. And, but I got to play guitar in a band and I was playing at house parties and there were kegs there and, you know, a bunch of older people and it was great. And I, my first taste of being in the band in that situation and sort of being ultimately like elevated up to like this much cooler status than i would have been if i was just a 14 year old that walked into one of those parties you would not have been welcome at all in the first place no. i had a guitar in my hand and i could actually keep up with them which which was a good thing Get
1: the fuck out of here you're not even a freshman at that point right right so i was a rising freshman, probably yeah yeah you would have been humiliatedly run out of there well, you probably looked like you were like 30 at that point anyway, right?
2: I already had a beard. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Did you have a beard when you were in eighth grade?
2: Uh, I think I started in sixth grade.
1: No. Seriously, when did you first have a beard?
2: Not until my, I think my junior year of high school. And have you always been bald? I have. Yeah. Ever yeah. since I was a toddler. I was actually, I, I was born with a full head of hair and it <laughs>
1: started losing it
2: around 18 months.
1: My my question here is though though like do you feel like your present day personality was highly developed by the way that you approached music and the way that you ended up being accepted by the you know At that point, it was the older kids, but they're the cooler kids. Did you feel like, oh, this is great? I'm I'm getting like I'm getting accolades from people, and I want some more of this. This tastes, this tastes fucking sweet, (laughs) sweet taste.
2: I mean, you know, to to some extent, I mean, you're 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 probably not wrong that to a large degree is is who i've become and and
1: well i don't know if i'm right or wrong I'm, I'm asking the question i'm posing the question here
2: well you know me you know you know the person that that i am and that i strive to be and and when you you frame it that way i also think about other kids the other role models the other things that i aspired to be when i was that impressionable age, what and were those? well, what this, that? so and these were these are the kids who were like badass skiers. These were my my friends and older brothers who like spent a lot of time in the outdoors doing things like hiking and camping and climbing in the Adirondacks.
1: That's you right now.
2: This is what I'm saying, and yeah. so like all my life, I've aspired to get to this point where this where I'm just like a badass 14 year old, and I'm like
1: finally made it to being the cool kid
2: And maybe that's what it is, like you know. And aren't we all somehow like in the state of arrested development? Somehow you're just trying to like become the fucking person you struggled with in junior high or middle school, and and just be cool finally. (laughs) Okay, I don't know what it is, you know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not too hung up on. I'm pretty comfortable in my shell, I should say.
1: Definitely are. I'm I'm just curious, you know. Why are you making fun of me? (laughs) because i can see i can see your faults and i want you to know them stop poking me
2: but you know it's it's funny (laughs) when you say that and i think about all the things that i i like and i do and all of my hobbies and interests and whatever and they're pretty much the same things that like i thought were cool when i was 15 and 16 (laughs) and now i just have i have i've created this life where i can do all of those things and i really enjoy those things and hopefully i'm better at them and am able to pull it off somehow, and
1: this do brings it. up like another idea in my head. Oh shit! So <laughs> well, what really is personal growth? You know, right? Is personal growth achieving things that you wanted when you were young, and just getting to that point, or is it realizing new things and growing in a way in a in a in a in a in a whole new direction? Like is are those things even real? Is that is that a real thing that happens to people? Do they really achieve anything new or are they just like growing and realizing a potential that they wanted in their formative years? You know what I mean? That's
2: it, we're just in this perpetual cycle. I think you you, you top out at about like somewhere between 12 to 14 and then you just, that's it. And then it's just, a, you're, you're in a wheel after that. I,
0: mean, I feel like personal it, growth for me was the, realizing out how much of an idiot I was when I was younger. If I can look back at certain times of my life and be like, "Oh my God, I was so stupid! I can't believe!" Right, I thought that that
1: was a reality. That could go on forever.
0: Jim. <laughs> that's that's my hope. I hope so.
1: That's right. also that's that's also you know a mark of an intelligent person. If you can. Spend your life making. I mean, f- I, I, you know, I don't know if it is. And I, I, I've always sort of, you know, this isn't really about me, but I, I <laughs> a- along along those lines, I've seen mistakes that I've made, and I try to improve on those things. You know, which is normal. I would think. Th- I would think. You know, if you're not a you're narcissist, or, not
2: for everyone, right? Yeah,
1: <laughs> right. Or just you know. But I would think like it's great to make those stupid errors. You know, those those kooky things because you learn so much. Right. If you're paying attention, if you're paying and, attention
2: and growing, and and I think to to but I you mean can to look answer. back
1: and pay attention later too, like Jim does. Or- <laughs> well, and this
2: is like to, to sort of answer both of your questions. I think it's there's there's a combination of it, you know. So to some extent, yeah, maybe maybe you you find you find who you are or the things that you gravitate towards. and maybe it happens early on. Some people it happens a little later on. Maybe you're discovering new things as you go. And to some extent, you know, there will be there will be cycles of those things. And along the way, there will be mistakes made and 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 learning and doing it better. <laughs> you know, and but i but I think that's part of the process. I mean, think about our band, for example think about how many times we've we've made a record how many times we've rehearsed how many times we've done the things that we do we perpetuate the same routines over and over and over again we've gotten so much better at it just just by virtue of repetition and enduring and being together for 30 some odd freaking years which is amazing but then there's also just that like our relationships and growth as human beings beings, like as adult men finally, you know, in our mid-50s, I just think that like we've gotten to a point where we are not the crazy individuals we were when we were 25. (laughs) And (laughs) (laughs) like I hope not.
0: Uh, yeah, he just closed he on his house. He called me last night. Yeah, yeah. He
1: he, he <laughs> to put him on the podcast? Hello? Hey, Al, how are you? Good, how you doing, Eddie? I'm Eddie, you're on our podcast right, right now. Yesterday. You closed
2: on your house yesterday. Um, So I have to let you know that we are in the middle of doing our podcast right now, and I've got you on speakerphone.
3: Oh, my God. Ed, Hello, everyone.
2: And uh, <laughs> tell him that Sounds I... Sounds pretty, pretty good. I... Yeah.
3: You could have hung up on I, me. I, I did. Like two
2: hours. I didn't
1: see
2: you guys doing that today. Yeah, but I never hang up on you when you call.
1: <laughs> that, is, that is true. You do always pick up. I'm not
2: Vinny. Vinny's on the podcast. Calls he can hear <laughs> uh, you. I'm, I
1: never I'm pick so up happy for you. Calls.
2: Congratulations.
1: Thank you very much. That's awesome. I
2: was just asking your dad about it, and he told me that you were getting close. So that's that's yeah, awesome.
1: Yeah, no, no, we we literally we closed yesterday morning, and I went straight to work after. So
2: awesome, good for you. Thank you very much. All right, cool. Well, enjoy your new home.
1: All right, thank you very much.
2: Good
3: <laughs> <party>. All right, <laughs> don't call me.
2: That
3: was awesome.
0: Nice. So I have a question then. And that's, I so, mean, right. it's, it's kind of topical, I guess. And that cause I know that I do this, but when you, so when we're done recording, right. And you listen to the, the final product of the, of what we have done. And especially, I don't know if you go back, like every month or so I'll listen to it just to check myself or whatever, as we're playing this, there always gets to be a time. It's probably like after the first month, after we've played the songs a couple more times live where I hear something and I'm like, why the hell did I play that? Because now I've already fixed it live, but that's what got recorded. And I'm like, ah, damn it. Does that happen to you?
2: It absolutely happens to me. You know, it, it, it does take a while till, till I settle into those, those other ideas, but I think, you know, there's, there's a lot to be said for your, your first impulses, what you would opt to do. And again, I think we've, we've come so far after 30 years that we we do a pretty good job of of knowing what to do in the first place do you think and... something is
1: lost after that amount of time do you think like there's like a honeymoon stage of every new thing you do that's where a lot of the excitement is but then if you do it for 30 plus years and you get to know you, you sort of you sort of become this this river that's now meandering and taking the the water's taking you know the path of least resistance in a way is there something lost to that too
2: it, there's there's definitely something different lost sure you you're going to lose that Freshness, but then there's there are also things to be gained and its I guess it remains to be seen you know like in in our case you know we maybe maybe we've lost some of the insanity some of the high energy some of the you know the intensity some of the, I, I mean and I don't know what what those things like how you would characterize our playing like some of the frenetic energy from from our youth maybe everything was louder and faster uh maybe things were more bombastic um, you know, or
1: testosterone,
2: maybe? Sure. But, but now, I just feel there's so much more grace to what we do, and I like it, and I'm okay with it. And I don't feel like we've lost any ability to choose to play this way or that way if we wanted to. I just, like, this is, like, I'm really happy with the way we sound and the choices that we make. And, and I, I, I look forward to. I, don't know, I look forward to more. If we start to get to a point where it's embarrassing or. Old and slow, or you know, you know what I mean. Like it's just not like if we are not performing up to a pleasurable, listenable. I don't even think you have thing. to name the
0: the point, but there there's a point, and I think it's something that we would. There's a point, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. right. And you would hope. Like, I, did did any of you guys uh, any of you guys get to watch uh, Serena Williams play? No. Um, you know, she's she's retiring and is playing in her final U.S. Open, and she just played recently in her first. Singles match of her what's going to be her last tournament and she's 41 years old and she is amazing but she knows that her body is reaching that point and she knows she knows to retire and it's I, you know i liken what we do to to athletes of knowing when when however musicians don't ever retire uh, don't likely retire even the even the bands that break up the musicians often keep playing and i have a feeling that based on how long we've endured and how much we persist that we'll continue to play
1: if you've got five million dollars in the bank why do you need to do that
2: (laughs) (laughs) because minnie's got 14 and i want some of that money
1: crazy i think there's always
0: always going to be a desire to play regardless i mean whether it's 10 times a year or You know, 50, 80, whatever it ends up being. It's never going to... I mean, I'll never be able to do 200 days on the road again. I was listening to a show from the early 90s, and I was like, I I can't... I will never be able to play drums that fast for three hours again. Like, those tempos, going, 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 like, I don't think I could do that anymore. (laughs) (laughs) You'd have to light some kind of fire under my ass to... That would be... <laughs> yeah, and that, I, mean, I didn't do that like regularly, and that was normal back then. Yeah, that's crazy to think. We're gonna
3: we're gonna give you some like electric mallets. So, yeah, <laughs> faster, faster. Actually, I I have to I have to use this thing. It's like a it's a, a glove, and you get like stim like shocks. And it helps the uh, the nerves. So maybe we can do that all the time. Just like get a, a suit. So it makes you like run, uh, run around on the stairs and do stupid things You're like a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> so when you first, you had played with Mo
0: before you actually moved completely to Buffalo, correct? Like, and you sat in with them? Like this is... Uh, what, what? Well, I just, I have like a semi-grasp as to how everything went before I came into the band, but that was my assumption. I always thought that you had, you were still living in Oneonta, but at some point you had
2: sat in with them and before you actually moved to Buffalo. It, I mean, it was all around the same time, but I think I had, I, I think the the very first gig I had already moved or just moved from Oneonta to Buffalo. And that was the the house party at the Chicklets. The and I, I think we played all of four songs maybe before the cops came in and shut us down. I don't think we, I don't think we played many songs at all. We were set up in the living room and I remembered that I borrowed Kungas because I wasn't sure that I was going to be able to play guitar on all of the songs. Cause I had only learned like nine or 10 songs. And if we were going to be playing all night long, I didn't know that I would know all of the songs. So I, I brought Kungas just in case. Um, you used to have a white one, right? I did. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why I remember that. That's so bizarre. Uh, you know why? Actually, no, I do remember why. Because at some point, and again, it was during this transitional period. I was still filling in for Dave temporarily or occasionally. But then there'd be other times where you know I would also then play on the same gig that he was playing on, and then we would have three guitar players, and it didn't make sense. So I would play some conga or so. I, I don't. I think that was. I was playing a little bit of percussion on the side like during those it's alright man
0: everybody goes through their percussion phase you know yeah
2: it was especially it was, unwell, <laughs> it was unwelcome you gotta explain do you remember do you remember
3: which song you brought to the band first I'm pr- Pretty sure it was Yoda Little. Or I thought it was yeah. that, that coffee tune or something
1: like that. Oh. I thought, but I don't know. It was written when you were already in the band, mm. I believe. Or was it meat then? I think it might have been meat because yeah. there were lyrics to it at first. I remember, yeah. Here We Stand It was like about the from the point of view of the cow
2: right yeah it actually a song that I played wait, with a band in Oneonta that was it, it sounded much different than obviously than when, when Mo got a hold of it but yeah there was there were lyrics over that that verse part over the A, a part we'll call it yeah that you know talked about the cows standing out in the field
3: <laughs> yeah wait so what was the name of the band in uh, college uh,
2: that was called Jelly Roll the Jelly Roll Blues Band
3: yeah oh. uh, Still original <laughs> Yeah
2: and then, and then I also played In a band called Scrambled Eggs ah. Yeah That was like our house band <laughs> <It was laughs> Just me and all my housemates and, and we played You know Probably two gigs Maybe three gigs Some house parties A couple battle of the bands We got to open up For Unclaimed Freight Which was like Our resident Sonic band Um, uh. And I played in Sonic I'm Not in Sonic I played with Unclaimed Freight Like I was like The the summertime Fill-in dude For, for one of their guitars players, you know, we had this sort of alternate When he went home to Long Island?
1: Yeah.
3: (laughs)
2: Exactly.
1: Exactly. Were you in any other food-based bands?
2: (laughs) Green Eggs and Ham, Um, Peanut Butter and Jams, (laughs) (laughs) i'm making up band names just for just for the sake of nate wilson (laughs) not as well
0: as he would right so i honestly can ask this question to well three of you guys but we'll start with al i'll probably ask this question all three then there's a clear difference between anything you wrote for fat boy or head seed and anything that you've written for like the the last two like we are not normal collection and obviously that's going to happen to just you know any, any anybody who writes as many songs as you do so is there ever a point where you try to try to want to emulate your younger self like you want to write a song like you did when you were in your 20s like do you ever want to write another seat in my pants or another or it, is that not even a mindset? Like you are just always writing whatever you're writing at the
2: time. I think in my case, I'm just writing whatever I'm writing at the time. I find more and more, I sit down and lately, I mean, more often than not, last couple of years, I've had more lyrical ideas than musical ideas and so i write a lot of lyrics and i work on a lot of lyrics and and i'm always writing those down and so often i will then sit down and try and put that to music which is the exact opposite of what i used to do in my youth which may have something to do with why you hear a difference in my songs today versus my songs then so that's that's however more your approach recently is is lyrics correct. Okay. Uh, lyrics first versus music first uh in the past i used to it was like almost always music first and then i would listen to it over and over again until some kind of phrase or word would come to me that would trigger something and then it would just be a word salad the thing that i think about from time to time is like i tend to i tend to write kinds of songs or these types of songs and and i can't I can't help that, and I don't want to help that. I'm not. I don't want to compartmentalize my songs in any way. You know, some are very, very much in this Americana vein. They're three chords, and they they're very rootsy songs, and it could be anything from Mexico to Letter Home, or you know, those kinds of songs that that I write, and and, and many that that we don't play in Mo and. And I, I love that kind of music and I love those kinds of songs and I will write them all day long. Um, on the other hand, I also like to write um, these songs that are rock songs and I don't know what else to call it, whether it's Tailspin or Not Coming Down or Head or Dangerous Game or, you know, which is a newer version or even ATL to some extent, you know, where they're just rock songs i don't know it's it's the thing that i i like to write like guitar rock songs and it's these songs wind up in that camp you know and that there's something about writing guitar rock songs that I like to do. And then there's also like these very sort of proggy things that I like to do that again. And again, it's, it's there, a lot of them come from guitar figures or like arpeggios and things that I like to do with delay and different things. And, and so Yoda little and Puebla and even Skrunk and all of these songs, like they all kind of live in that same area where they, they all percolate and do that same thing and sometimes a lot of times there's odd time signatures even like parts of kids is like that and i i like all of those things too and i don't necessarily want to stop them or well it's funny because they figure them out compartmentalize them or
0: like atl and i know it was it was you know it's not the newest uh song you know we, we wrote it a while ago we played it stopped and and whatnot but it's one of the songs that sort of has all of all of that like it has the part the line that chuck and i put it's all
2: those parts in I yeah right
0: you know it has your solo it's, it gets it gets rocking towards the end of right. your solo the verses are definitely like you know rock and roll verses it, and it and it bounces back between all those things and it's that's just funny that
2: Right, and a lot of my you know, a lot of songs, I mean, look at all the sections of Downward Facing Dog, you know, and it could have been three songs, but I didn't want it to be, you know, I like, I mean, I just like the way it moves through those things, almost like one of, like, McCartney's weird songs from the 70s, where there's just, like, a bunch of different sections, and it's okay, like, yeah. I, I don't know, I mean, not that I'm comparing myself to him, but, like, just that style of songwriting, where it's okay to, to move through sections and, and not, revisit not have it the old- resolve or go back to it. Yeah. Right right yeah i mean i don't know and those th- those sections are all kind of decidedly different from one another but i think the flow works somehow i don't know so that's that's me that's my that story is- i'm sticking with it <laughs> what,
1: what do you think that says about you well
2: i i have a lot of different interests I like a lot of different things. I mean, particularly when it comes to music. I mean, I like John Prine and the Allman Brothers, and you know I love the Grateful Dead and the Beatles, but, you know, I also love The Clash and Pearl Jam and, I don't know, bands like Firehose and, you know, the, the stuff that we started on, like Jane's Addiction and the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and, and I still like all of that music. And, and But I also like prog rock, you know? I like old Genesis and King Crimson and and i still like all of that stuff
1: and i still listen to all of that music so if art is an extension of yourself so Ooh. what does it say about you personally if these things i mean you answer you 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 said you like all these different bands and stuff I,
2: right i do
1: but uh if your writing is non non-compartmentalized and you have um all of these all of these things you need to say in different ways. You know, you need to say, you know, your Americana soul or your non-compartmentalized Americana soul, and, you know, your froggy <laughs> soul and your rockin' soul, you know, and all these things are things you need to say. Cause right. you're, you know, you're following your, I guess you that's what your muse, you're, you're speaking that sure. muse or whatever. And what is that saying about you personally, do you think? I mean, I, I have no idea. I'm just i'm I'm fucking. I'm digging, man. I'm
2: well, digging. right. So I, I need something, it's, man, it's it's a good point. I mean, I think in that case, it reflects that I am a multifaceted individual that is not interested in just one thing or I don't express myself in just one way. I mean, I'm interested in politics. I tend to write about it from time to time. I reflect on those things. I'm interested in the world. I'm interested in love. I'm interested in my feelings. I'm interested in the environment. I'm interested in just thinking about life and the world and my kids and my dogs and you know, all of the, like, but all of these things. And then sometimes I want to say it loudly and sometimes I want to say it quietly. And sometimes I want to say it in a funny way. And Sometimes I don't want to say it at all. I mean, I also, I I like writing instrumentals. I write a lot of instrumentals
3: too. Are we all of us, are we a product
1: of our child? What's that? Say that again. Instead of Al's imagination, do we really exist outside of it? <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, that's that it. My
2: right
3: now. <laughs> Al thinks, therefore, yeah. we are. That's right.
2: I think no. not. I'm not sure I know your question, Look.
3: Think it. it yeah, I interrupt. So, anyway, we, we used, all of us, I think we grew up on a lot of bands at the same time, mm-hmm. like the seven, 70s and FM radio and everything that we were a party to or what or at the at that at that time right. we could just we could digest ev- everything at the same time. Yeah. We were we were lucky in some ways, but it's kind of I don't know. I, I think you're right, Chuck. I like all that stuff the, too. That's why. Right. I, and when we
2: started the band and we've and we've talked about this that you know that we we loved Frank Zappa and Steely Dan and Little Feet and the Red Hot Chili Peppers and the Beastie Boys and Sonic Youth and Dinosaur Jr. and like and we like and that list just like kept going like outward and not to mention you know Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd etc. and everything that that was all built upon and that list like just kept getting wider and wider and, and we decided early on that we did not have to be a cowpunk band. We just played like country punk rock songs or a very specific grungy kind of thing or a band that only did like punk rock you know we 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 were like no we're going to do anything and everything and sometimes in the context of a song and sometimes you know from whatever like from here to there whatever and you know try and but try and make it musical try and make it good make it us and somehow uniquely mo and over the course of 30 years i think I think we've made it okay to be all of those things and yet still be, still have a sound, still have it be us somehow without just sounding like a variety band.
1: It's so hard to answer some of these questions. Like, Are
2: you saying I didn't answer?
1: No, no, I was just thinking about it. I'm like, hey, you know, you're doing a great job and it's 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 tough to like give, to have enough awareness to be able to give um an in-depth, honest answer when you're getting it from all these angles. So that's, that's (laughs) impressive. Right.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, it's, and it's not something I, you know, it's not something I think about guarding my own development or my own ability, I guess my own lot in life as a, as a (laughs) songwriter, but you know, now that you bring it up, it's a lot to think about. (laughs) My biggest question, like, you know, this is, again, this would be for, for anybody,
0: for any musician or whatever, you know, I have a fairly decent idea as to what um, what drives me to play and to continue playing and, and not just to continue playing, but to continue with all the work that surrounds being able to play. And I am, you know, d- definitively aware that it's not the same thing as, like, even you guys. Like, I'm not driven from the same angle and stuff so what is like what is it for you what is the 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 you know that thing that's like when a day just sucks on the road and you're but you're still gonna once you hit the stage there's just something that always you know for me that kicks in and it just washes everything away and now it's this is a clean slate and now i have a show to do and here we go like what is that what
2: is what is the thing that that what does is the it.
0: Yeah. Like so Driver. for me it's it, you know I I I'm I'm like and I don't I don't know necessarily the specific word to describe it but you know I'm obviously I'm very technic technically oriented. Like my belief is that mm-hmm. if my technique is as good as it possibly can be then I can play anything and I want then all the expression and all the feeling and all that stuff is is easy. I that's the thing that clicks over for me in a show is like now I'm paying attention. Like whereas I you know mm-hmm. Like, going throughout a day, I'm not always paying attention, and then the worst that that day is of my brain, but once I get on stage, I can click over to... Now, that's my focus. Like, I want, I want to you. play well. That's, and, that's a great place to get to. And, well, <laughs> it's I mean, the only thing I, I that get, gets me through, though, on a, you know, like, like, say, a rough day where you don't necessarily want to play that show, but you have to play that show. So, once you step on stage, there's got to be something that
2: drives you through this... show despite all the other crap right for me the thing that i endeavor to do i should say the thing the driver i guess is that and this particularly because we play live improvisational music is that we have these opportunities We've, we've created a situation in which we can put ourselves in those moments. Uh, and Jim, you sort of described it perfectly where if all the distractions can go away and you can get yourself sort of mentally free to a point where like now, now you can, now you can do those things. So if we're all there and everybody's listening and we're doing a thing, well, then maybe we can create one of those, one of those goosebump moments. And, and, and not, not just to impress people, but for the sheer joy of creating one of those moments for everybody, for all of us. Cause that's, that's the whole point of it. And then to do that, to like, to, to have those moments is the whole point of all of it. Um, and, and we get to do that because we've spent 30 years doing all of the hard labor of, having meetings and missing flights and (laughs) you know putting up flyers and you know rehearsing for days on end and you know all the bull all the bullshit that you do just to get to that that one just the possibility of that one moment that's that's the beauty of it all that's the thing that drives me as a musician at this point feel like i'm doing all i can You know, you talk about like your technical ability, and that's the thing that you need to do to have the tools to get to that place. I feel like I'm still doing everything I can just to learn what everybody before me did, so I can stand on their shoulders and then get to that point. And I'm like, and I'm like, I feel like I still have so much work to do, so I can get to a point where like now I now I can hear my own voice because I don't even know what my own voice is still. Like after playing (laughs) music my entire life, I don't even know. I don't even know yet and i'm like i hope that before i die i get to that and be like oh this is this is it like and then i can actually have like a truly creative moment or
0: you get to that point
1: playing (laughs) a dude playing another dude
0: exactly it's a i mean i think because that's you know that i that's a question i ask myself all the time like if someone heard me playing but didn't see me would they know it was me and i can hands down and i you know for all four of you guys I could do it blindfold. I wouldn't even need two bars. Give me two bars. Like I would dead on know it's you. Like I think that. Well, I will
2: tell you. Yeah, and I know exactly what you mean. I will tell you. I, w- I was. I went to Chuck's house a couple of weeks ago, and, and we played some guitar together. And afterward, the thing that, that I told Rob the, I don't know, next day or two, I was like, he sounds like Chuck. It was like, he, he plays guitar and he sounds like Chuck. And I was like, and it doesn't like, that's the thing. Like, I mean, Chuck will always sound
1: like Chuck when he plays guitar. I was just wanted and... to hear if he sounded good or not. And that it was... yeah, it's the same no, shit. No, no, it didn't sound good. It's <laughs> the same shit, man. No, no, no. He sounded like Chuck. No,
2: it sounded great. The thing, the thing was though, it's like, and it, 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 it sounded so good to my ears because it sounded like Chuck. It was very welcome to hear that again. Um, that's a, a thing. I remember. There's a there's a great quote from from Carlos Santana that I will I will butcher. So I'm just going to paraphrase it. And he said something to the extent of, you know, you should be able to play one or two notes, and your grandmother should know that it's you.
1: Well, Al gave us a great out. Um, I think this was a fruitful experience. I hope that you walk away from this a better man, Al. <laughs> Me too. Yeah.
2: Every day. I strive to be a better man
1: yeah honestly honestly i i think that you are um you're you are the, at the pinnacle of your 14 year old self right now and i'm i'm oh shit i think i think I, it would be great if you could um go back in time and or if you found like a time capsule that had like one of those things where you you have to write you know write yourself a note when you graduate high school that would be great because i think you'd find i i think you'd find that uh there'd be some hilarious moments in there and. Um, Uh, Also that, you know, you're doing it. You are... I'm living the dream. You're living the dream. You're living the Rush, Cordell, Neil Young cover band dream. That's true. And you're at the top of your game. I'm skiing.
2: I'm hiking in the Adirondacks. I'm the healthiest I've ever been. I'm playing in rock band. Got
1: yourself a lady, which probably was like... a lady. So far from your (laughs) grasp at that point in your life. Going steady with
2: someone.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Going
2: to see Pearl Jam. I mean... What could be better? This is great. Yeah.
1: These are the Nothing days. Nothing could people. be
2: better. I can buy beers by
1: myself now. Yeah. Clearly yeah. <laughs> I've made it. Yeah. Well, folks, there we go. This has been Moe's Odd Crash. Thank you all for tuning in and listening. And remember, Vinny. No date is confirmed until we are on stage. All right. Well, close <laughs> enough. <laughs> no show is confirmed until we are on stage and there is no refunds. No gig is confirmed until we are on stage playing. No gig. I'm going to say it the next time.
3: This has been
0: Podcrash, the original podcast by the members of the band Mo. Once again, we truly thank you for listening, and I personally hope you learned something. And if you did, leave us a couple stars and a nice review, and internet bragging points to anybody that can name the intro and outro music of this episode.